everybody. It's Jacqueline Kitzman. Um, I'm here on the Awaken Tarot podcast. Gabe's over there. Wave, Gabe. I'm kidding. You guys can't see that. Ha. I'm funny. Okay, so I can finally talk about it on this podcast, even though I've been kind of vaguely talking about it for weeks now. But uh, yeah, for those of you who also follow me on Instagram, um, my husband and I, wave again, Gabe, so they can see you. He didn't do it this time. We are pregnant. Um, Yeah, we are having a baby due in late January, and we are very excited for our little tiny Aquarius uh, small thing. Um, Thank you so much for all of the kind words and the patience with the podcast as I've kind of been trying to figure out my energy levels. Y'all, pregnancy makes you sleepy and like... In, in almost incapable of doing anything, it turns out. Which is why, at the start of the podcast, I kind of want to talk about, because here's the deal, I get disappointed, too, when I don't, when I'm not able to release an episode every week, and I feel terrible when I'm like, hey, guys, I'm too tired, I can't do it. So, you know, all of that being said, I think when what Gabriel and I have talked about for the duration of my pregnancy is doing every other week. And that won't be forever. It's just for, you know, the, what, the next six months. So just so I can sleep, I, it turns out my biggest symptom being pregnant is fucking exhaustion, um, which is beautiful because I'm sure it means the baby's doing great, but I am sleepy and I just don't have time with a 60 plus hour work week to schedule interviews and also get enough rest and also make sure that I'm eating all of the, uh, the, the carbs that I apparently crave. Um, so all of that being said, I hope y'all understand and still, still love the podcast. And anyway, I am very excited about today's episode. Um, because while I don't have an interview uh, today because I was so sleepy all week, it didn't happen, I do have something that has been put on my heart to talk about in regards to sevens and tarot. Now, there has been one conversation with tarot with around the number seven on here, and that's been with my husband. It was the first episode on the seven of wands. And we've talked about seven, um, the chariot. I talked about that with Megan, I believe, in episode, uh, I think it was like four or five. And then we, even though it wasn't the card that I talked about with Sarah Corbett, um, we did talk pretty frequently about the seven of pentacles, um, even though her episode was on the six of cups. So I kind of want to talk about all of these things together, what the number seven means and why it's been put on my, on my heart to talk about lately. Here's the deal. When and you guys have heard me say this on the podcast too. When we pull a 7, the 7s are about self-realization and awareness. And that is all incredibly true and stays true. But I want to talk about another facet of the 7 that's really been I've really been ruminating on and journaling on throughout this last probably now 2 weeks actually. And that is the concept of the number 7 and control. And why this is so important is because I believe that the number seven takes us through a journey of learning what and how to handle control. This has been on my heart and mind due to a lot of things, feeling completely out of control, being pregnant in a world that's in a pandemic and not knowing if my husband can come with me to first ultrasounds and, you know, also being, um, I, I haven't been told I'm a high risk pregnancy, which was a concern going into the first ultrasound and, but I have endometriosis, um, and, and we had fertility issues. And so the concept of how much of this pregnancy can I, like how much, can I control of keeping everything safe and healthy in regards to this pregnancy so I don't miscarry as my husband and I have unfortunately miscarried before? 
So it's that loss of control or the overcompensation. Um, you know, we are also in a world right now where there have been an entire an entire group of people, the black community, who have had no control over their lives, who are taking that control back in monumentous and important ways and about white people's role in that, which is to relinquish control, step back and be supportive to get control back to where it needs to be to make it equal, to make it safe for black people to walk down the street without the police gunning them down. This is all, these are all the different facets of control, right? Even down to, you know, wearing a mask to control what little we can with the pandemic. Wash your hands, wear a mask. The concept of control is everywhere. And I believe that that control really resides in the number seven. That being said, I want to quickly go through each seven in the suits, and then quickly tap on the concept of the chariot before we go into the collective reading, okay? So in most traditional decks, and of course I work with on this podcast, the Smith Rider Weight tarot deck, uh, the order of suits is wands, cups, swords, and pentacles. So that is the order of which I will be going in right now. Though if you go in a different order, I'd really love to hear, you know, message me and let me know how your reasoning for that order and in the concept of control. That being said, I'm going to start with the seven of wands. Gabriel and I talked about this card on the very first episode, and we talked about a couple different things, um, that the seven of you know wands is about passion, lust, uh, ego, uh, anger, life, magic. Um, and we can talk about the seven of wands a lot like with ego. How are we controlling our behavior? How are we handling success? And you know what? All of that is true, but let's look at it in the concept of control for a really quick second here. And it's overcompensation of control, right? Kind of how do you take on all of the things that are happening to you and battle them down or keep them under control? We can kind of look at this card, which is a person holding up a stick in their hands, a wand, if you you know, if you will, if you must, that's what it is. Um, and they look as if they are defending themselves from a from other wands that he's either trying to be hit with or it's creating this gate around him, this barrier, right? Him. I said him. Them. See, I try not to do that. I try not to genderize these cards. So slap on my wrist there. Excuse me. However, they are, they look as if they are defending or keeping something out. And this is the overcompensation of control factor in the seven of wands. This is how much brute force does it take from us? Or do we feel we need to help a situation or to control a situation. And kind of when it comes up in the concept of control, it's asking us what exactly do we need to put out physically in regards to making something happen or keeping something from happening, right? So, you know, let's talk about it in regards to this amazing Black Lives Matter movement that's been happening right now, okay? So let's talk about it in regards to specifically white people, right? How, and let's talk about, which is something that, like, I definitely, like, I think in my last episode talked about in regards to, like, me trying to really manage my white knightism and white saviorism and really trying to actually be helpful rather than just being loud, right? So this is asking specifically white people in the Seven of Wands in this aspect, how exactly can you be an ally without taking over and speaking louder than the Black community and the Black leaders that are running this movement, right? So when you pull that Seven of Wands, it's both asking you to check your control, check your impulses, and at the same time, it may not 
It may not always be, hey, turn that down. It may also occasionally be, hey, what the fuck are you actually doing? Did you post a black square? Is that all you did? Because you got to start doing more. And that is a seven of wands. It's asking us, what are our actions showing us about control? What are we doing? Are we adding anything to a situation? If no, then maybe we should be. If yes, is it too much? And how can we actually be helpful? Moving on into the seven of, um, excuse me, seven of cups. In the seven of cups, you have kind of this outline of a person and they are looking up into the sky and there are seven cups with different kind of almost magical things popping out of these cups. Let's look at this as a narrative, right? So we go from the seven of wands where we're kind of battling for some sort of ground, right? Battling for a platform, battling for a place to be, that control of where am I supposed to be exactly that is actually most helpful to me or to others. And you get into the seven of cups. Now, again, this is about control. So you're now in a place emotionally where you get to decide where exactly you are going to put your emotional currency, right? Where exactly are you most needed? What are you most passionate about? How can you actually help? What makes you feel like you can actually emotionally carry through and keep going so you don't get easily fatigued and then think, oh my God, it's too hard? Because that's not where you need to be. You need to learn how to siphon away that emotional currency. Not siphon, that's a bad word. You need to learn how to save it. How to, um, Gabriel, what is the word I'm looking for? When you disperse slowly. Not leak. <laughs> okay, you need to learn how to, I'm going to go with disperse slowly. That that emotional currency, you have to learn how to control your emotions so that you don't get worn out. That means setting boundaries. That means what do you actually want? What is your actual goal? And how emotionally involved are you? This is control, right? That is the essence of emotional control in the Seven of Cups. Moving on. Okay, so following that narrative, we are now in the Seven of Swords, right? So this is a person, and there are two swords behind them, and they have five swords in their hand. That's correct. I could do math. Oftentimes, people read this card as this person being sneaky or manipulative or talking about strategy. And again, I've always taught that sevens are about self-awareness and realization, and that's true. If we take that and we think about control, this is about controlling your thoughts, controlling what you're taking with you, how best to, you know, let's even take it back a step and think about how the seven, how our thoughts contribute. So we feel something first and then we move forward with that emotion and we learn how to utilize it. That's what's happening in the seven of swords in this narrative, in this talking about control. They are in this card, leaving behind what is not helpful and taking with them the mental and communicative tools to help bring something forward, right? They are now learning, yes, about strategy. Yes, this is about working towards something and leaving behind the things that are hurtful or painful or not helpful. This is about learning, learning and changing. This is about change you can control. Sometimes somebody's going to come to you, you know, especially right now as a white person, there have been things I'm still constantly learning because I'm a white person and a part of that is that I have all of this ignorance. And so I'm learning and there are parts of ways that, you know, systemically that I've been taught that I'm leaving behind because they're no longer useful. In fact, they're problematic. And you come back and a lot of white people get offended and they get defensive and upset because, it feels like their control is being taken away or they're being attacked. 
But in the seven of swords, we get to control how we react to those triggering emotions, right? To the things that we learn, to the things that we care about. And we can take tools that are actually going to help move us forward so we can help others move forward. That is actively taking control of our education, of the way that we educate others, of the way that we speak on topics. This is all about control here. And it's also all about self-awareness, specifically in the Seven of Swords, because we have to have that self-awareness to be able to go forward in a way that makes sense and becomes, you know, healthily strategic in a way that makes sense and is helpful to others. From there, we're going into the Seven of Pentacles. And probably a lot of you who are familiar with the heart of the Seven of Pentacles are like, okay, fucking explain control on this card, Jacqueline, but let me explain. One of the hardest things that we have to learn to do in regards to control is give up control. Sweet Sarah Corbett said in the episode where we talked about the Six of Cups that for her, the Seven of Pentacles is about stepping back and watching what she planted grow. And I completely agree with that. That's absolutely the heart of this card. And it's also absolutely about control because you have to be willing to let go of control and trust all of the pieces that you were able to control in the past, trust that they're going to come to fruition and that you can stand back and watch it happen and be a kind of a, uh, because here's the deal. When we grow a garden, we don't just leave it to itself, right? We water it and we prune it and we keep the weeds and we keep animals or other things from destroying them. So this isn't saying we completely abandon everything we've worked on and give up control. No, it's a balance of taking care of all of this work you've put in and at the same time trusting that it is going to grow and do what it's supposed to do and trusting yourself in the seeds that you've planted to become what they're supposed to become at the same time while you are defending and nurturing that process, which is all about control, right? Because the hardest thing, think about this in regards to a business. Um, you, If you start a business, you hire on an employee and you teach them everything about it so that with the idea that one day that employee is going to run the day-to-day processes and you are going to be able to step back and run the bigger picture things. So you know that that person you taught, you had control of their education, of their training, of the environment that they're in. You have to trust that leaving them alone is going to be enough and be good enough that you can walk away and do all of the things you need to do now, right? And this is not about it being a last step. This is an ongoing process, but it is about control and it is about letting go. And it is so much also about this realization of trust, right? Okay, So let's quickly just tap on what this all means in regards to the chariot, because as we all know, the chariot, and as Megan so succinctly put in her episode, the chariot is not just about forward movement, right? It is so very often about being stopped and stalled somewhere and figuring out where you're going to go next. The seven ends the lifeline. In the, in the first line of the Major Arcana, it is card seven. And in the chariot, you see a person and they're sitting in a carriage and or chariot, you know, because duh. And then in pulling their car are two sphinxes. One is black, one is white. And they're sitting in front of a castle. And one of the traps we fall into in the chariot is we get stuck and we think that that success is enough, that the status quo is enough, Right. But in, And we're tricked because we think that we're in control of that status quo when actually we are not. When we get sucked into the status quo and we decide that we don't care enough about 
progress about change to keep moving and do and go through the process of the death line, which is dying to the self, and then going into rebirth, which is finally fully understanding, right? We stay and nothing happens. And we are, in fact, giving up our control and letting the things around us control us. It's almost like an opposite seven of pentacles, correct? So in the chariot, when we're talking about sevens and control, this is about choice, about us getting to make the choice to no longer be stagnant and to keep moving. Okay, that is my quick, long lecture. (laughs) I didn't mean for it to go that long. Lecture on the sevens in tarot. Gabe, what'd you think? Gabe's thumbsing up at me, so we're good. Um, okay. What are you doing? Are you holding up a seven? Seven thumbs. Seven thumbs? That sounds like a disease. (laughs) Okay. So now that the lesson's over, as we all know, this is the part of the podcast where I practice my whistling into the mic. I'm actually really bad at whistling. Fun fact. No, this is the part of the podcast where I come out and do the collective reading. And this week, the collective reading is the King of Wands. This is <laughs> this is so perfect and so important. Keep fires burning. There is a um, there is a god in Greek mythology. Her name is Hestia, and she is the goddess of the hearth. And her job is to keep the fire going which keeps all of the power going in Mount Olympus. This is important. I feel this so often (laughs) in the King of Wands, that Hestia hearth energy, that passion, that stoking of this warm flame that is brought on by the idea that we want all of the people to feel at home somewhere. I don't think everybody in America right now feels very at home. (laughs) I don't feel like many of us feel very at home at all. I think one of the most important things we can be doing as allies, as Americans, as just fucking humans that live in this world is stoking the fires of compassion and not forgetting this movement that has been started. Don't let the flames die out. Keep it going. Keep fanning it be change. Fire is change. Fire is passion. We are, this is something that we can control right now. How much conversation is still being had about all of the things happening in the world right now, specifically the Black Lives Matter movement. I, I see my timeline split between, and I'm calling myself out too, between pregnancy announcements and selfies and all of the other things, you know, (laughs) Hamilton, which just got released, and between, like, the black community that's like, hey, we're still here, and this is still something we struggle with daily, so keep it going. Don't don't let the momentum die down. Keep the flames going, because America, and honestly, the world, <laughs> we should feel like we're home, and we cannot stop going until everybody feels like they're home. Okay. That is the collective reading. This is the episode. Thank you so much. Again, there will not be one next week because I'm pregnant and tired, guys. Um, But there will be one the week after that. Everybody give Gabe quick seven thumbs up to this episode. He's going to do great and he's going to edit all of my weird pregnancy ramblings. Um, Thank you all so much for the love and support. If you love this podcast or like it or have, you know, anything, please comment, rate, subscribe, 
review any of those things, you can do on Apple Podcasts and nowhere else because Spotify is janky. All right. Love you all. Bye. Bye.